Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 7th of January, 2022, Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Many of us have felt disconnected at some point during our time in formal education. In Hong Kong, our competitive education system has led to high levels of stress and mental illness in young people in this city. The last few years, with everything that's been going on here and around the world, online, offline, in school or out, our young people have had a lot on their shoulders. Today, as we go about our business, we can grasp a little bit of insight into what an unconventional student has to face, as Madeline takes us on her educational journey. After Madeline, we are going to hear a poem written by local poet Vishal Nanda, titled Ode to a Perforated Styrofoam Ceiling. Before we get to today's stories, though, a socially distanced wave goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We hear you, Hong Kong, and we are always listening. A wave goes out to our overseas listeners as well, this week in particular to listeners in Littlehampton in the UK, La Salle in Canada, and Haroldsburg in Germany. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Well, those of you who are in Hong Kong listening to this are probably aware already that our January show has to be postponed. If you've already bought tickets, thank you so much for your support, but you'll be getting a full refund shortly. Our storytellers are poised and ready to go. As soon as it's safe to do so, we'll be on stage again. You can find information about the updates on the website, hongkongstories.com. We are still looking for stories for our student story slam. Entries will be accepted until the 11th of February, 2022. You can find all the information on how to enter and some tips and tricks about good storytelling on the website, hongkongstories.com. Just look for the heading, Student Story Slam. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with the story from our September 2021 show that had the theme, same, same, but different. Here is Madeline. I was in my second year of university when I realized something was really wrong. If not with me, then with the system. You see, all my life I was a mediocre student. Well, actually I was very bad at school. I nearly failed grade one, for example. My classmates were learning about spelling and reading and how to sing. I were learning how to hide and, and, and stutter and pretend not to be there. I passed class, grade one, probably because the teacher wanted to get rid of me. And that was the beginning of how my school was going to be. I could not read. Well, actually, that's not true. I could read. I loved reading. We had four books at home, five if you included the illustrated children's Bible. I mean, I read so much that I could, up till today, know the most random facts about Old Testament stories. I know the names of the sons of Noah. And I loved those books. I read them over and over and over again. But I could not turn the 
sound that I hear in my head when I read, I could not turn it into a verbal sound. Also with maths, I mean, up till today, I still battle to figure out how many noughts would be needed to write 10,000. I can't form that mental picture. So instead of doing good at schoolwork like my two sisters did, I became sort of the class clown, the naughty one, the one that sort of bathed in chaos, and I was good at it. So in class eight, high school, very fancy high school, my sisters got me in there. But I, I, went, I was in the sort of low ability class. And me and my friends, we were just cool, man. We bunged school. And we, we made fun of the music teacher. And we smoked behind the pavilion where the other kids were running. And one day, one of the, the headmistress walked into the class and took me out without explanation or ceremony and marched me to the high-ability class, the A class. I, was, I thought I was being punished. So that, that afternoon, my father said to me, I had a phone call from the principal, that according to an IQ test, you remember those, don't you? Horrible things. According to an IQ test, I was supposed to be in that class. As if putting me in that class was going to mean that now I can spell. <laughs> Didn't work. And as a matter of fact, I felt quite like an alien. All my classmates were so studious and so proud of it, and they were so neat. I mean, they combed their hair <laughs> every day. For me, I just became more and more of the clown and a little bit more unhappy. We moved when I was in class 11, and by then I sort of knew that I am not as stupid as I thought up till, that, up till then. So when they again wanted to put me in the low-ability class, I said to the headmaster, absolutely not. And chaos, that kind of person that I, I was. I said, no, I want to go to university and I need to go to at least the B class. And he allowed it for one or other strange reason. And in the B class, I had friends. They loved me. I entertained them. I flashed my boobs to the boys if they asked. And the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and um, they helped me with maths and, 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 and so on. So I went to university. Same thing, same thing. Same, same, not different. <laughs> but in my second year, after I put a lot of effort into one specific assignment, I thought to myself, this is not right. My Effort does not reflect in my marks. There is something wrong. I realized that if it's not with me, then with the system. So I took myself to the, to the university counselor. Tested me and dyslexia. Duh. Well, I never considered the possibility of dyslexia because I could read. And by then I was also a little bit more confident. I didn't stutter anymore. I didn't like reading aloud, but I could. So I didn't really understand how... That, I mean, I thought dyslexia people can't read. And then he said you get different kinds, types of dyslexia. There's a spectrum. My type means I have got a problem with visual memory. So I can read a word. I can recognize it. I can read it 20 times. Can't remember how to spell it. Just can't. Same with numbers. Weird. 
But anyway, that when the when the scouts when the counselor said that to me, that set me free. It meant that I no longer cared. So my marks were still bad. The, the lecturers didn't adjust my marks because they found out about my dys, my dyslexia. But I no longer cared. Marks, schmarks. Today I'm sort of a successful adult. I read, I write, and I teach. Now, my children know that I can't spell. So when they don't know how to spell a word, they call me. I fetch the dictionary. Together we look up the word. I'm not teaching them how to spell. What I am teaching them is how to live with dignity and with authenticity with a, uh, what do you call it, uh, dysfunction. Is that what you say, what you would say? A disability, with a disability. How to live with, with authenticity with a disability. That's what they taught me. But I'm teaching them. I have a boy in my class that has dyslexia. I never set spelling tests for him. What I do do is make him celebrate what he's good at. And what he's good at is thinking out of the box. Because dyslexia do that. Because you have got to negotiate your life, you actually have an ability to see things that other people don't. That, so he's a big problem solver and so am I. Not that I can spell problem solving. <laughs> or for that matter, dyslexia. <laughs> Thanks, Madeline, for reminding us we can always use a bit more compassion and understanding in our education system. Take care of your learners, everyone, and take care of yourselves. If your young people would like to tell the story about their experiences in their own voices, do encourage them to join our Student Story Slam. Now I'm going to read you a poem from Vishal Nanda. In his recent book, Please Stand Back from the Platform Door, he explains that he's a third culture kid, ethnically Indian but second generation born in Hong Kong. I first heard his poetry at Peel Street Poets event and was very taken with what he'd written. The poem I'm about to read was published in 2021. Ode to a Perforated Styrofoam Ceiling by Vishal Nanda Oh, perforated styrofoam ceiling, how I lie upon this table, gaze up and wonder about ye. The boss has gone to lunch, the office has emptied out, and I stayed to finish entering data, then indulged in the freedom to lie down on this table. How rare, how perfect an opportunity to gaze up at ye. O oh, perforated ceiling, thy holes, they make me wonder. I see pentagrams and constellations, star-speckled in the hundreds. Big and small, thou styrofoam square framed by man-made metal, within a picture of some parallel universe's starry, starry night. O oh, perforated ceiling, what forces shape thy soul? Was it the result of natural chemistry, or did thy creator thus compose, taking a needlepoint, a fountain pen, poking holes, creating constellations for my eyes to behold? Did a creator smile with pride, creating gods and shapes, dot-drawn legends and imagined lines to render mouths agape? 
I lie upon this table avoiding any scenes for another forty-three minutes, whereupon I will return to my assigned task. I make shapes upon the square, just one square among hundreds, while the office stays empty and time ticks on regardless. These shapes are my own, easily forgotten, while the others are at lunch, hundreds among thousands. Thanks for listening to today's stories and poem brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>